What's up, folks? It's Matt Whitmore here, one half of Fitter Food. And, of course, this is Fitter Food Radio. Um, of course, the other half is Keris Marsden. Howdy, Keris. Howdy. Howdy. You weren't expecting a howdy, was <laughs> no, you? No, not at all. Guys, this is episode 41. Um, I don't even know if I've said that already. Forgive me if I've just repeated myself. Lots to talk about this week, folks. Um, we've been away in Italy uh, recently. We kind of got back a few days ago. Um, unfortunately, we weren't there for a, a break. We The circumstances probably weren't the best, were they? No. Um, we were actually visiting Keris's aunt, who's um, suffering with cancer at the moment. And we were kind of going over there to, you know, have a catch-up, look after her and do our bit in our quest to help her conquer cancer and kind of come out on top um so whilst we it wasn't we weren't there under the best circumstances we um certainly had a bloody good time and you know everyone was smiling and laughing and whatnot and that's something we really want to kind of talk about today i know we spoke about cancer in the past and and what you can do on a nutritional and holistic level to to prevent it as well as obviously in your quest to potentially beat it as well but we've kind of learned a hell of a lot over the last kind of couple of weeks haven't we yeah, absolutely. When it you know it affects somebody you love, you you just sort of well, we've been doing research around the clock, really. Yeah. Just and there's so much information out there, but there's so much conflicting information. Mm. Um, and even my poor auntie, bless her, when we arrived, was just sort of overwhelmed with baskets of turmeric and ginger and lemon, and she was like, I don't know what to take when <laughs> or how much. Or everyone was dropping off something useful they'd seen on the internet. So. Um, yeah, we're just going to talk through today some things that I think people can do um, and some of the science that you might want to explore and some of the websites and books that I've found really useful and informative because I think the stats in the UK are now one in three, you have a one in three chance, which is wow. just incredible. Um, and, you know, even if it's it's not you personally, there are so many people with friends and family. We get, I would say, like a couple of emails. In your quest to potentially beat it as well but we've kind of learned a hell of a lot over the last kind of couple of weeks haven't we yeah um, absolutely when it you know it affects somebody you love you you just sort of well we've been doing research around the clock really yeah just and there's so much information out there but there's so much conflicting information mm. um and even my poor auntie bless her when we arrived was just sort of overwhelmed with baskets of turmeric and ginger and lemon and she was like I don't know what to take when or how much or everyone was dropping off something useful they'd seen on the internet so um yeah we're just going to talk through today some things that I think people can do um and some of the science that you might want to explore and some of the websites and books that I've found really useful and informative because I think the stats in the UK are now one in three you have a one in three chance which is wow. just incredible um, and you know, even if it's it's not you personally, there are so many people with friends and family. We get I would say like a couple of emails a week, just about cancer. It's not funny at all, really. I don't know why I said that. Isn't that a bizarre saying? <laughs> it is a bizarre it? saying, isn't it? It's funny though, isn't it? When uh, you just say it when it's actually just not a funny situation. We're it's a about, southern thing. Maybe definitely. it is. Maybe. No, we don't say that in the At the end of the day. End of the day. Um, but we've been reading this book called, uh, it's by Chris Woolhams, and it's an absolutely awesome book. It's called Everything You Need to Know to Help You Beat Cancer. And the reason I'm kind of reading that title out to you is because I think Keris and I could both kind of vouch that it's a, an amazing book. There's some absolutely fantastic content in here. But in big letters on the front, it says Beat Cancer, um, which kind of stands out because we're always talking about prevention, aren't we? Yeah. as opposed to treating. treating and don't get me wrong you know it's I know it's easier said than done but preventing cancer the things you would do 
to prevent it are pretty much identical somewhat to what you would do to beat it if you had it, right? Absolutely. And that obviously you stand a better chance of, of not, you know, developing it if you yeah. if you just lead an anti cancer lifestyle. And the really remarkable thing is the first book I read sort of covering what an anti cancer lifestyle looks like was um the anti-cancer diet by David uh, Servan Schreiber, who um, he sadly died. Um, his cancer returned, um, and it, it's, it's, it's a really sad story because his cancer returned because he got so successful after writing the book, um, beating his cancer I think three or four times, and then travelled the world and obviously hammered his immune system. And and basically, when it did return, I think it was the fifth time he was unable to. His body wasn't strong wasn't enough strong to fight enough. it, and his his legacy was leaving a book. Um, not the last goodbye, which is also worth a read, where he talks about he wished he'd, he'd listened to his own advice. Um, yeah. Incredibly sad. Especially <laughs> in our industry. He looked at me then. Well, well yeah. Who else am I look at? We're, <laughs> True. We're, we're recording a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. together, Karis. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, we're guilty of it. Um, guilty in the sense of you said to me the other day, I can't remember what question I asked you, and you were like, well, if you were a client what would you tell them now? And it, and it was a bit like, I think I was going to go and do something like, I don't know, take myself for a run when really what I needed was a walk and some fresh air and, well, no, it's and also sit down well, or know, something, you know, we, it was the opposite of what I was going to do. We've both been working like really late lately, yeah. you know, like January is always crazy for us. So sleep has kind of not been prioritised. Switching off and kind of downing tools in the evening has kind of not been a priority. And, and, I th- and lo and behold, I think it's, safe to say like our health has suffered hasn't it you know yeah but then i have to say i don't know um <laughs> little discovery this week we've been to phil richards who is a um and has a supplement range we've used some of his stuff before like his amino work capacity but you for some reason ordered his magnesium relax last and week and amino relax and amino relax and Oh my god! Like that stuff, like it knocks Light, me out. Lights out. We only got it like three nights ago, and with everything that's going on and traveling, I would normally struggle to fall asleep. So I sometimes get to bed and I'm like, oh, I can't switch my mind off. And um, do you want me to get out of the cupboard yeah, now? Some little butchers. I just pointed at the cupboard, and uh, you just gave me three capsules, and I don't even think I kissed you goodnight. I think I hit well, the pillow, and I was like, no chance there, really. <laughs> Well, no, because I... Um, it is I good still. We, we'd kind of been taking... Uh, we take magnesium overnight anyway, don't we? Yeah. But um, I actually went on to... Because I'm a huge fan of Earth. And guys, I, and I always say this, we've got kind of no affiliate to, to Phil Richards whatsoever. Affiliation. We, affiliation. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but we, we're huge fans of his uh, pre-workout uh, amino acid um, formula. It's called Amino Work Capacity really really good i love it uh, but anyway i was on there and then i noticed that they've got this uh this new magnesium relax and amino relax tablets that you take before bed so obviously i checked it out and the magnesium has uh got all sorts of types of magnesium it's going actually on. that one i have to say it's quite a high dose of magnesium which um generally the side effect of that is just it'll be quite aggressive on the gut <laughs> so um it, it might be yeah maybe, got... maybe start with a smaller so, dose so if you want to give it a try dose, yeah. but the the amino relax is obviously things like taurine are going to be in there you know taurine we kind of use uh generally with people who train maybe quite late in the evening anyway 
if you're one of those people that trains after work and um, you kind of obviously need to kind of calm down and relax somewhat before bed, we we, we tend to recommend taurine, don't we? In here, though, we've got some taurine, there's some zinc, a bit of vitamin B6, folic acid. There's all sorts. But as Keris said, we took them together. Um, and, yeah, the last few nights, it's literally been night-night, yeah. boom, Amazing. Gone. It is pretty it's, amazing. It's been pretty awesome. And it, they say it t- you take it an hour before bed and it really does kick in and it just hits you and suddenly, like, I'm having to brush my teeth two hours before bed because I haven't got the energy. <laughs> so brush your teeth. I can barely get off the stairs. So, yeah, bigger recommendation there yeah, for that. Ch- check those out because <laughs> at the moment it's doing the job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I suppose with, with all things, it's one of those things that we're kind of taking them at the moment. I mean, it's a perfectly natural supplement. There's nothing wrong with taking it long term, no doubt. But uh, when you travel, when I travel, I mean, there was only an hour time difference, but I just always get my sleep pattern just gets disrupted because we were probably um, going to bed later than we we might have done. And then when we stay with family, they always go to bed later. So and you don't sleep maybe the same and it's not your own bed. So, yeah, I definitely that'll be one for me when traveling again. But that's what I was going to say. I mean, because generally when, you know, things aren't as hectic as they are right now, we're we're pretty good in the evenings, aren't we? We we switch off Yeah, what makes the bigger difference is you should get into that habit of the lifestyle changes, which is not even... We we went through a phase of reading at night, not watching telly, and that was bringing so much better sleep for me. Um, And we've got out that habit because Celebrity Big Brother's on and it's just some mindless TV that (laughs) that distracts me right now. (laughs) And they quite like the the bickering that goes on in there. So that's my guilty pleasure at the moment. (laughs) You know, have a... Have a cut-off time in the evening. Yes. But we know, you know, we run our own business. We know what work schedules are like. And there are times when you need a little bit of help. Yeah. So... My, I have to say, my worst thing is actually working till very late, which I've done, if I'm writing articles and blogs and doing research till 9, 10 o'clock. I think because what we look at is, is things that affect everybody. So health, and you start thinking about loved ones, or maybe you, I might be reading about, you know, like a yeast infection, I'll think of you, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I go to bed and I really can't shut off, so um, if you do work late, I think that, that sort of magnesium, I've mentioned passion flower before, just to yeah. help calm your mind down can be really helpful, but ideally, like I said, your, your bedroom routine, your bedtime routine should be a bit more... You know, I'm actually going to decide I'm going to treat myself to an Epsom salts bath tonight, oh, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't done one of them for a while, and no, that, that used to be, helpful, yeah. that used to be my thing. But yeah, so guys, just just to, to clarify again, if you if you do want to check these out, it's uh, Phil Richards' performance, and it's magnesium relax and amino relax, and they come together, so you don't need to search them separately. They come as a as a package, and like I said, it's working right now, so <laughs> I can only recommend it and hope it does the same for you. Yeah. How have we got onto that? We've gone from cancer and being in Italy to, I know, I don't know. to bedtime. I don't even know how that happened. Should we talk about some some other things that we were looking into? Well, we were talking about um, anti-cancer living, weren't we, for a start? And one of the things that is a little bit, um, I suppose, contentious contentious is the the use of supplements. Mm -hmm. And especially the use of supplements when you have cancer. Um, I know when I've spoken to other practitioners, um, I actually have a couple of clients going through chemotherapy at the moment. And you have to be really careful about what you prescribe. Um, I have to say with family, I'm a little bit different in that maybe I'm a little bit more... I don't know, I suppose, not not risky, that's the wrong word, but I'm just like, I think this is going to do you much more benefit than, than possible harm. Um, yeah. And with that, I'm talking about things like probiotics. So 
what's great about the Chris Wollum's book is he talks about the gut in there. So he actually talks about cancer being a 20-stage process. Right. It's not just something that, you know, develops in the body and then it's a, okay, you've got this growth and that's it. Like, the way that cancer sort of develops itself in the body is is different stages and to the point where it then starts to get its own blood supply from the body. Um, So it really does, like you said, it sort of really tries to take over. Yeah, it takes residence. Yeah, yeah, as does, you know, most sort of think of it. It it thrives in an environment very similar to fungal and yeast infections Mm. and that's why the two are quite closely usually found together and what's so amazing in this book is actually i think we've mentioned this before sometimes it's normally the yeast infection that actually kills cancer patients not the cancer wow. because it suppresses the immune system so much that the immune system can't fight the cancer yeah so um and as i said because they thrive in the same environments they don't like oxygen mm. both of them will just steal all of your body's nutrients like your b vitamins and your minerals will be you know sort of used up and and they produce quite a lot of lactic acid which will um again damage the liver yeah um so there is some things that you could be doing you know along especially nutritionally to to try and mitigate or or sort of buffer this this effect that cancer is having on your body but yeah with it being this this 20 stage process there are things that you could do generally to make sure that it you know doesn't reach that next step or doesn't doesn't get that far um eventually to the point where it'll start to manipulate your hormones, for example, and, and actually, again, make almost like the hormonal... If you think of hormones as your communication system around the body, it will interfere with that so that the communication works in its favour and send out these AWOL messages that are damaging cells and, and making it again so that the cancer can basically thrive and, and grow. Well, that, that's the key, isn't it? Like, I mean, when it comes to cancer or anything, you know, like you say, like a, a fungal infection or whatever that's kind of taking residency in your body, you almost want to make sure that you can, re- can create the worst possible environment for it yeah. so that it can't thrive and grow, right? Yeah, absolutely. So with fungal infection, you're looking at loads of antimicrobial, antifungal um, foods. And what's fantastic is there are a lot of natural supplements. Like, um, So, for example, we've talked about oregano, using oregano before, um, coconut oil and um, MCT oil, which are really, really sort of antifungal. So mm-hmm. you can use them as mouthwashes. You could take them throughout the day, just mouthfuls. Um, you know, again, just it's going to pass through the body and just, you know, have that anti antifungal effect. There's also garlic and onions, which are fantastic. And obviously what's great about those is that they are then digested and will go systemic. So my poor auntie, bless her, just has, like, every time anyone makes her any food, <laughs> you can smell the garlic from, like, three or four miles away because well, everyone's, like... my hands just yeah. reeked of garlic <laughs> for, did. like, a solid week because I was just handling God knows how many garlic cloves on a daily basis. But, you know... Garlic tastes awesome. It yeah, has so much flavour to food. and Absolutely. We were making... Um, we basically got there because we wanted to pretty much make her life as easy as possible and cook as much awesome fit of food as, as, as we could. could. And yeah. as soon as we got there, you know, we, we stopped off at a butcher's. There was bone broth being boiled up 24-7, wasn't there? So they've literally probably got about 20 litres of, of bone broth. Um, we made God knows how many stews and soups. And yeah, one thing you changed with the broth, actually, they were already doing bone broth. My dad had flown out earlier, but you said start getting the garlic cloves and you're putting ginger in there and yeah. um, loads of fresh rosemary. Rosemary was growing all over. Um, yeah. 
all around the house. And it's organic. You, organic. And so you were grabbing it and saying just handfuls of this because it's so, again, sort of, um, you know, antimicrobial, antifungal. Um, because the other thing was parasites and bacteria um, infestations can really um, suppress the immune system. Yeah. So, again, everyone, if they could ever afford, should try and get a gut profile done. If you've had, like, you know, IBS for years, um, recurrent yeast infections, fungal infections, it's just so worth getting it done um, and, and putting yourself on a 5R programme so you can get that killed off and make sure your immune system is, is nice and happy. And I never, I think, I never realised the sort of, until I read this book, the real intimacy between, you know, sort of 80% of the immune system is, is based in the gut, but just the links between how cancer and, and you know, both parasite infections and, um, and yeast infections will, will basically just work hand in hand. And it's just a risk you can't take. Because yes. I suppose the other thing to mention, and I'll come back to the food in a second, but when you do start reading his steps to prevent cancer, mm-hmm. um, and I don't agree with all of them, I have to say, there are some that I feel have been sort of scientifically you know, disproven at this stage. But when he talks about everything from exposure to radiation, um, electromagnetic frequencies, so living next to you know, sort of mobile phone masks and things that you can't really change, but there are some amazing oh, case studies in some there. Some of those stats were, I must admit, you, you almost wish you never read them yeah yeah. because you're just like wow that's just some real scary stuff i won't even share any of them with you because it is i don't really want to plant that seed because it'll probably wind you up i mean the the main thing what i didn't realize was that there were i suppose one was a block of flats i'm going to tell the story okay there was one with a block of flats where a phone mast had gone up and was is it 80 percent of the residents were diagnosed with cancer in a year it might you been, might double check that. Yeah, well, I can't remember. It's, it's it, it was scary, though. Scary it, you know, stuff. It was but, it, but what they managed to do was get it taken down. So, yeah, they all And we've together, said before, they? I think I said it with the podcast of Barry Murray, they, 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 they know that this is happening. You know, government knows this, but no one is doing anything about it. So, mm. but And it's really hard when you find this information out because I instantly think, oh, my God, we live in a... It's quite a built-up area. Like, even if we turn off our Wi-Fi, there's everyone else's all Wi-Fi neighbors, is on yeah. all the time. And... You can't change that about your environment. So when we're talking about food and nutrition, they're really simple then, things that you can change. I was going to say, support, but isn't there, so. isn't there something to be said for just, A, not getting too stressed about it? Because, like you say, there are certain things you can't do anything about, no, such no. as phone masts, Wi-Fi. I mean, phone masts, yeah, maybe you could say, well, sorry, I'll move house, but that's easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, but Wi-Fi at the moment is everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. So but isn't there something to be said about... The healthier you are, maybe the better your body would okay. deal with those absolutely. anyway. Absolutely, and I think, and that's what I'm saying. So, nutrition is something you I'm do. I'm sweeter in what you're saying. <laughs> well, nutrition is something that 100% control over most of the time. No, no, that's wrong because you don't all the time. You most know, of the like, time. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, so you can make a big difference, and and he outlines what he believes to be, um, you know, sort of cancer prevention, preventative nutrition. Um, the bit that I probably disagree with is there's this whole thing with cancer because it loves an acidic environment just like um, yeast infections do mm-hmm. that we should eat alkalining food um, and we should take bicarbonate of soda bicarbonate of soda has an alkalizing effect on the body but there's still some question over what whether what you consume affects the pH of your blood and as I understand it Chris Cresser looked into this and, and his conclusions was that he couldn't really see a mechanism for, for how the, the pH of the blood is tightly regulated. Anything, I'd say it's the byproducts of things like the gut infections that, yeah. that might be causing lactic acid and things like that. So I don't think 
there's any need to go sort of printing off charts um, of what's an acid food, what's an alkaline food, and live your life by the alkalining food. Um, and interestingly, what he said was there is a massive benefit to consuming alkalizing food because they are things like kale and, and lemon yeah. and lime and citrus. They're just amazing foods. Well, you know yeah, mean? generally, alkalizing <laughs> food is, is nutritionally dense. Exactly. Right? So it's all the vegetables and fruits and things like that. So, so I disagreed a little bit with that, but I could see why he would recommend that. And certainly as a cancer patient, you want to get loads of alkalizing foods down you um, simply because they are vegetables packed with antioxidants and vitamins and, and minerals. He has a great take on, on meat because everybody asked me when we visited Italy, should my auntie go vegetarian? Should she go vegetarian? And the really difficult thing is there are some people out there, some alternative practitioners who believe that that is the way forward because... Yeah. One, some people still believe in this acid-alkaline theory. And then mm. secondly, because the toxins that um, animals or animal products have toxins in them, especially yeah. in the fat. So um, that's where any living animal will store its fat. Uh, sorry, will store its toxins in the fat. So there's toxins in, some are going to be in milk, some are going to be in butter, some are going to be in in the, in the meat, the muscle meat, whatever it is that you eat yeah. and the organ meats. But again, there is also this massive need for vitamins and minerals so things like organ meats, if you think about it, yeah. is just like a multivitamin. Yeah, so absolutely. it's a real like, well, big, big thing that they um, that's advice. And, and I heard this, um, I actually dragged my mum along to a, when she had breast cancer, <laughs> dragged her along to, it was a, actually a natural, I'm sure I've spoken about this before, it was a natural um, cosmetics day that I saw advertised in Whole Foods. Mm. Um, and you went along and you could, you could learn about, as a cancer uh, patient, you could learn about making your household toxin-free, so natural cleaning product, um, natural skincare, natural makeup. You could have your makeup done. Uh, my mum just was, like, so not her thing. Yeah. Like, her nightmare is someone trying to do her makeup. She doesn't even wear makeup most days, so she was yeah. a bit like, why have you brought me here? But the, the life-changing bit of it for me was that a naturopath stood up and talked about nutrition for cancer. Um, she's the reason I went to CNM in the end to study because she spoke with so much conviction but also so very open-minded about things but just gave me some straight answers that I've been looking for for so long. Yeah. Um, and her take was, her first line was, do you all know that sugar feeds cancer? Um, and, you know, so many people in that room did not know. And this was yeah. run by uh, Yes to Life, which is a charity, and they, they run loads of events across the country and you can look them up. So, I mean, our big thing when we went to Italy was... It was interesting that lots of people were popping in to visit my auntie with cakes and biscuits because when you're on chemo, you feel nauseous and, and you don't want to eat much else other than... Yeah. Um, and interestingly, the hospital <laughs> told her to eat white bread, toast, pasta, biscuits. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it was the white diet because her, her digestive system was completely destroyed by the chemotherapy. Yeah. So, so um, they wanted stuff that was, you know, because it was processed, you know, probably a bit easier yeah. to digest, but then equally... Full of shite. Yeah, full of, of glucose yeah. uh, for a start. Um, but yeah, and no fibre. And she even said, like, some, someone made something with chia seeds in and she was doubled over with pain. Yeah. You know, that, that didn't work. So um, so she was on the white diet and we sort of started to say, you know, well, my dad was quite passionate. It's my dad's sister, so he's very passionate. He's a big paleo fan as it is. And he was like, we need to get you off the sugar. So when we went over, she was already doing a really good job of that and had certainly reduced sugar intake. Yeah. Reading the book, what we've sort of decided is to recommend to her that she almost go ketogenic um so the only sugar she'll have is going to be berries and and vegetables um and extra coconut oil to maybe just support a ketogenic effect yeah. on the body and hopefully that will starve the cancer cells because at the moment the chemo is um <coughs> is so harsh on her system i do our concern is that she's she's not strong enough to keep having it really yeah um and and 
what was really interesting is you and I got to go to the oncology uh, unit with her and speak yeah. to the oncologist who had no 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 interest whatsoever in speaking about nutrition did she no and in fact actually looked quite irritated that we were even asking suggesting such things yeah yeah which you know is 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 fair enough and and sort of warned off supplements and vitamins and minerals um my auntie actually mentioned b17 which is in apricot kernels which we'd taken over and asked if she knew anything about that b17 as a supplement can help kill cancer cells and it's um because I think it's something to do with isn't it? the way that the um, the apricot kernel contains cyanide, um, just as like apple pips do, and yeah. it interacts with the cancer cell and it, and actually kills it, it causes cell death. Wow. So um, and you have about five a day, and some people build up to about thirty a day. Jeez. And we only tried one, so good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> they were bloody awful, They're weren't they? Pretty potent, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> it's weird. Uh, initially, like you, you put it in your mouth and it tastes like initially Mar- it tastes like a. An almond, then a yeah. bit marzipan and then it's just this overwhelming, bitter <laughs> kind of taste. I can't even describe it. So, yeah, but, you know, all in the name of the health and yeah. all of that. But, uh, but one thing that we did sort of say to go ahead with, and we actually booked her appointment with Joe Gamble as well. Who we've had on. She who, was, uh, yeah, with... Joe Gamble works with a lot of um, clients with cancer and... Um, and she's functional medicine qualified. Um, she'd already got her taking some green powders, so full of antioxidants like chlorella, spirulina. Um, again, there's quite a lot of evidence saying that uh, chlorella in particular um, is very, very good because of all the, the protein and the vitamins as well um, in terms of anti-cancer. Um, and then uh, obviously the big thing with cancer is supporting detoxification once you've had the chemotherapy and been exposed to radio, radiation as well through radiotherapy. What's amazing is my aunt actually has this wonderful nurse from Serbia who's like this guardian angel that came out of nowhere and has her on zeolite, which I was so amazed she managed to get. I think she got it from um, Serbia. And again, yeah. that's really, really good. It's a uh, clay. It's some sort of clay that was actually used in Japan. And again, it's put on the soils and it basically will absorb all of the um, the toxins from the radiation and the yeah. heavy metals and things like that. So when it's taken in the body internally, it will do the same thing. So, um, and she's also got her drinking everything from like these beetroot turmeric concoctions every day. Yeah. She's doing lymphatic drainage on her, which is really important. Um, the Chris Willems book says the lymph is so important because it's role in the immune system and detoxification that yeah. move your lymph every day. And he actually recommends getting up and repping out 20 press ups before you've done anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And a cheeky little pump as yeah, well. Yeah, basically. And because um, all of us are a bit guilty, even we sometimes get up and get straight on our laptops. And he's like, just just do some squats, some press ups, um, and then obviously throughout the day your walks um, and do do proper exercise, structured exercise. But um, even just that, you know, just doing five push ups every morning is anti cancer. Um, but no one would think that, you know, no one would go, oh, I'm moving my lymph node, because a lot of the lymph yeah, but, is based in the chest. Press ups were up there as but, one of the. But, okay, but then it essentially. You know, it's just promoting movement, right? No, and no, I, no. I know specifically of that area. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is generally, you know, going back to what I said earlier in terms of living an anti-cancer lifestyle and living just generally, you just need to live a lifestyle where you feed your body nutrient-dense single-ingredient foods most of the time. Yeah. Move as often as possible, sleep as much as you can, and smile and laugh as much as you can. It was really similar and, and to I, the... I almost hate calling it an anti-cancer diet because, yeah. you know, it's such a negative focus. Oh, I'm just going to live like this so I don't get cancer. Yeah. Like, it's not... That's not the case, is it? No, Is no. it the case that you'll be healthy, happy, yeah. horny? That's a very good point, like, You know, and, and, you know, your, your body will thank you for it. 
I imagine at the end of the day, going, I've not done my anti-cancer press-ups. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's a very good point. And it is, the recommendations are the same as they are for any inflammatory mm. disease, like heart disease, Alzheimer's, you know, it's, it's, do you remember, we talked a few weeks ago on another podcast, it was all about looking after the gut, um, man- managing inflammation in the body. Um, yeah. So remember, a little bit of inflammation is a natural immune response. We don't want to completely suppress it. Um, so o- overdosing on omega-3s could actually be dangerous because yeah. you would suppress the immune system and allow the growth, of, you know, in healthy amounts, eating your oily fish. One thing that struck me was if you go, a lot of people have said, look back to what was suggested 100 years ago for these types of, of diseases mm. like cancer. And it was very much herbal remedies, which were designed to kill off bacterial, um, parasitic infections, yeast infections, um, so that the immune system could be boosted again. Yeah. And it all comes from foods. And then it was using things like medicinal mushrooms, so which the Chinese have used for years, yeah. which helped to basically support the immune system. Yeah. Um, there's one called turkey tail that you can take throughout <laughs> ch- chemotherapy. And it's like food is just amazing. Food is medicine. And I can't believe never mentioned, you know, in, in, it's, it, no oncologist is talking about this. And yeah. I actually went on a course run by an oncologist and their argument was there's just... We haven't got the science to back it up yet. But that's the thing. I mean, do you know? I mean, the thing is, in terms of scientific research, whilst you know, like you're saying, go back a hundred years, studies out there that are long enough, I suppose, to maybe even no to to, warrant to, to, to back this up. But no. also, you know, when it comes to doctors and surgeons and whatnot, you know, it's just not their area of expertise, is it? No. I mean, a great um, quote in the book is, "If you um, the, the, one of the worst things we do in the UK is." In Australia, if you put your back out, you would go almost straight to straight away to an osteopath, apparently. Or you did, maybe you don't know. Um, but that's what you do. They think an osteopath is someone who studied this for six years. They specialise yeah. in back health and, and therapy, remedial therapy. In the UK, we go to the doctor because we put our back out, who we know is going to give us painkillers, um, and say to do this for a set period of time yeah. before you even get a referral to a physiotherapist. And, and he said it's the same with nutrition. You know, a doctor probably gets, I don't know what, a day, a week on, on nutrition. So why aren't you going to someone who's just spent six years? Specialised in that yeah, area. Six yeah, six years or so. I've done two diplomas now, you know, I'm like fucking up. I am about six years of studying this. And so who would you want to ask about nutrition? Someone who, you know, but equally don't come to me with, you know, Someone's sort of cardiology. <laughs> yeah. If you want, um, well, I don't know, cardiology is, a, is a, you know, if you wanted some specialist cardiology surgery or something. It else, is a tough know. one though, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, a doctor who spent God knows how many years of their life, like studying, you know, pharmaceutical like medicines and you know other kind of like practices. Someone like yourself who spent years studying nutrition, like natural remedies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If someone was to just come up to you and say, "No, no, no, that's all a load of rubbish. This is what you need to do." Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same thing the other way around. Like you're essentially saying to to your auntie Chrissy, "Oh, tell your doctor up the." That's a load of toffee. Yeah. This this is what you should be doing. I know, um, and it's it's hard because who am I to say that? You know, like yeah. status wise, I don't have that status. But isn't it a shame? A more integrated approach. Uh, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Like a, you know, there's not more relationships built up between people like yourself and hospitals, GPs, etc., etc. But because... you know where this would fall down because there are dietitians who are government government sponsored or government paid um, nutritional advisors. Yeah. Obviously, their job is to support government recommendations, which we don't really agree with. So this is true. that's where it all falls oh, down. See. Oh. <laughs> 
So, and their job Why, is to... I've got an idea. And I've got an idea. the food industry. Why don't I become a doctor? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. And then we, we could set up our own clinic, <laughs> a, a food hospital. Yeah. And we could combine that, the two. What do you reckon? I think the thing that is, would like, be amazing. It's only about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can even retire in a year later. But the thing is, some nutritionists, uh, nutrition therapists do link up with GPs but often then they'll move into the private sector I think because you know you become so specialised so good then you obviously want to be paid yeah. and I don't think that I don't know how much a, an NHS GP is paid probably not enough for the hours and work that they do I think in. they're paid pretty damn well but to be fair you know I don't they're, think they're paid enough I really don't I, don't well, I think it depends I mean like, I, 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 I think they're from the things that I've read I think they're, they're paid pretty I think they get, they earn a decent yeah. living, but then equally, I think they bloody deserve it. Yeah, you know, they've yeah, they dedicated a hell of a lot of time to 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 learn in their trade, and yeah. they should should get paid. But it, the, 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 it's it's that society's gone wrong in that going there to be treated, you know, for these things mm. um, is, isn't isn't the right path to take necessarily. But well, we've deviated a little bit, but all of massively, us, massively. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What's the <it> dinner? <laughs> so, no, what I was going to say. So, some of the things that we did. Uh, one of the things we, what, what I love about the Woolham's book is he gives you questions to ask your oncologist, which my auntie hadn't asked her oncologist yeah. because she didn't know that these this information was available to her. It gives you how to prepare for surgery and even right down to supplements, so things like zinc and vitamin C, uh, really important in terms of tissue repair, collagen. Um, you could do it through bone broth if you wanted to and you could just eat lots of um, seafood so if you want to get the zinc in that way vitamin C you know you could be squeezing fresh lemon juice and things like that uh, into your um, smoothies and then you know vitamin C is a difficult one because absorption apparently from supplements isn't that effective and cancer patients often have compromised digestion yeah but there is this big discussion about intravenous vitamin C and intravenous vitamins and minerals and I think you're going to see that coming through a lot more yeah. Um, my advice would be research the options. Um, there is a doctor, I think, in London called Dr. Callbout. Somebody actually emailed me about that recently. They look really good, Holly Street, you know, uh, practitioner. So there are other options, and you should you should explore alongside, on, you know, oncology uh, what alternative medicine could do for you. Yeah. Um, and but what I was going to say was this book is fantastic because it talks about the supplements. So. Um, that you could take and, it, you know, the need for some really, you know, some good vitamins and minerals. You know, I take those now and I think if I was somebody with cancer, you know, it's, it's a really difficult one, but I think I, I would do the research about the name of my cancer and what exists. So for my antiquity, two supplements came up um, as being in, in short trials, which was uh, bovine cartilage and CoQ10 as being helpful for her condition for her type of cancer. So there'll be different supplements and different dietary recommendations probably for different types of cancer. So in layman's terms, that's bone broth and organ meat. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> amazing. And when we, we found out the bovine cartilage... Which we can, <laughs> regularly. Yeah, we have that, as we say, we love the bone broth, we have it on all the time, we put it in soups, but... Liver, um, kidneys, heart, yeah, so all co- over Yeah, so CoQ10, her best source would be heart... Um, we've got a recipe on our website for, for lamb's heart tagine that my mum makes. Yeah. Uh, my dad actually started, um, when we were in Portugal, boiling up tongue, didn't he? And, and you know, like... The, tongue yeah, the, the, is amazing. It is. I loved it. I mean, these aren't sort of foods that you would necessarily consider to be anti-cancer, but um, I think they absolutely are. And one of the things, if you're going to move, even if you're moving on to paleo primal nutrition, dropping out carbohydrates or reducing carbohydrates, and obviously cancer... Gonna, yeah. You know, for cancer, if you're, right. if you're trying to lower glucose intake... 
you need quite a lot of B vitamins and magnesium and zinc to be able to convert fats and protein into energy. Yeah. And if you're deficient in those, you're going to feel like absolute Crap. rubbish. Yeah. So um, eating those organ meats, whether you're sort of blending them into a pate or stewing them or cutting them into pills and freezing them, which is what we've got some people doing on our plans. We've just said, you know, just cut them up raw and put them on a sheet of greaseproof paper, pill size, and just take some each day. Um, just just get those organ meats in there and do try and source them from grass-fed animals yes. if you can. That would be incredibly useful. Otherwise, it's not, again, a, a necessarily a toxin thing, but you're eating possibly a diseased animal that might have you know fatty liver yeah. disease because it's fed too much corn and cereal. So, but, And one of the most you know awesome things, aside from that, with organ meat is that it's cheap. Yes. And actually, yeah, yeah. to be honest, if you pretty decent relationship with your butchers they'll you know, give you them for free because no one else wants them yeah you know, <laughs> so you know the, organ we often get like kidneys liver and bones for, for nothing yeah but then again we were spending a bloody fortune so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get them for free damn it um same for the marrow you could scrape the marrow out of the bone when you boiled it up well we've actually just done a, a video haven't we on kind of how to make bone broth and, yes, and make the most of it and stuff so after uh, we came back we thought we should update it and show people all the stuff we put in our broth well, now the, the thing is is you know like we we kind of went away last week obviously we, we were there to to see family and be there for family and, and do our bit so to speak and it was kind of like a real eye-opener for us because we were like well why are we only going because of the circumstances why haven't we just gone anyway yeah to, to see family and and it almost kind of like opened your eyes a little bit and you think well, hold on a minute you know this is family we shouldn't be too involved with work that we can't be bothered to just jump on a plane for a couple of hours yeah. and, and visit but I think what the amazing thing was is that whilst you know they've now got a fridge and freezer absolutely packed with nutritional food was we we kind of went out every day with with your auntie didn't we so got her outside yeah I mean like, she's not been <laughs> out for months it wasn't like it was like bright sun, but no. we were like, right, roll your sleeves up, expose your, yeah. expose your skin to, to the sun and, you know, get that vitamin D going on. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not even just saying this. Like, we saw her on the Monday. She she looked like a 90-year-old, which, bearing in mind the last oh, time... she's not listening. No, 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 no. But, you know, compared to when I saw her last, yeah. you know, and she looked so glamorous and, and everything and... To see her like that was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, for me, let alone, you know, like Keris and whatnot, because like I said, it's her auntie. But even just in, within four days of her eating really good food, us being on hand to kind of make sure she had everything that she needed, getting outside every day and, and talking about things, you know, other than cancer and actually having a different stimulus and, and something to talk about and conversation and just through the power of laughter, you almost forgot she had cancer and you yeah. forgot why we were there. And it did feel like we were genuinely just there to see family. And the difference in four days in her was phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah, the way absolutely. she was getting about the house, like she had a glow about her come the fourth day. And, and even her son just said, like, you know, she, she's just doing nice. so well. And, well and I think, it, the, the, I mean, the one thing I would say, though, was it was about striking a, a balance as well with she wouldn't rest. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of her attitude, whether one to carry on, is normal. Whereas, obviously, what her body was trying to cope and, and fight with, um, you know, she's still recovering from chemotherapy. And one thing I kept saying was sleep, sleep, sleep. Yeah. And and she didn't want to because we yeah. were all there. She so wanted she had to this be, obligation to spend time with us. <laughs> she wanted to show us the sights as normal. And um, again, we've talked before about how there's links between shift working and increasing your risk of cancer because. 
the hormone melatonin, which is your sleep hormone, actually has quite a powerful anti-cancer effect. Yeah. And, you know, I kept saying to her, please sleep, please sleep. And, and again, the research I was doing, there's now alternative practitioners offering melatonin therapy for people with cancer. Um, so again, I just really strongly urge people upon diagnosis, yes, you're going to have an oncologist who is incredibly professional, professional and knowledgeable about what they do. Some cancers are chemo resistant, that some, you know, they don't really know which chemotherapy will work, so they try several. In America now, I think they are getting much more precise with which Type chemotherapy of, yeah. works with which cancer. The UK, I think, as I understand it, is a bit uh, further behind with this. So there's, there's massive risks. America get everything first. <laughs> yeah. Best trainers. Best best, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, um, yeah, best paleo foods. Like, they get all the good nut butters and stuff before we do as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the trainers, I'm on the nut butters. Um, anyway, so, like, if you research your options, there, there are so many other things to try. Um, and, and, some, and as I said, my first point of call would be get the Chris Willems book get a gut test done, definitely get that done. Yeah. It'd be crazy not to think, check if you've got some sort of infection there. And you could treat that very naturally with, with natural antimicrobials, um, build your gut back up with probiotics, yeah. with um, glutamine. Even this, you could do this before chemotherapy, so at least but you enter chemotherapy like, strong. Don't be afraid to A, get a second opinion, yeah, and absolutely. B, ask as many questions, questions. as you want to. Because, yeah. you know, it's your right. And you do know, your research. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is so much information out there now on, online, in books. And don't get me wrong, you know, a good chunk of it will contradict itself. But, you know, essentially, you know, as we said earlier, just, just, make, just make positive change. You know, just eat more nutri- nu- nu- nutrient-dense foods, get outside more, sleep, rest, look after your body. And it's only going to do you good. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And clean water. Which we keep going on about. Should we talk about our distiller? <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's not bore people with that. Okay. All I was going to say, because we've talked about water before and lots of people emailed, is we did try a distiller, but because we use so much water with the amount of cooking we do, and you drink quite a lot of water as well, yeah, we've ended up putting it on eBay because we're gonna, I think we're going to get a tap filter, aren't we, in the end? going to go with the reverse osmosis. <laughs> Our electricity bill went through the roof. <laughs> I was like, I'm not having that. We literally have to have it on 24-7. So I think if you do have a big family and use a lot of water, you might be better doing something like reverse osmosis and remineralization. That's the important bit, the remineralization bit. Um, so, yeah, just a little tip for you in case you were considering it. So, guys, yeah, when we um, the way we left it, if you like, when we did leave Italy, is um, Keris kind of went through the supplement cupboard, didn't you? And you sorted everything out so she knew exactly what she needed to take and when. Yeah. Um, Fridge and freezer was absolutely jam-packed with soups and stews and nutrient-dense kind of like curries and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was going to, one, one quick thing to mention is we, we suggested soups and so I was actually making things like a salmon curry and then blending it because it's a way... One Which it's, was surprisingly nice. It was nice. I, I, was, I was a bit... I don't know, I had it in my head, it was just like, what is it? it's like you've just blitzed a dinner, basically, <laughs> made it soup. But yeah. it, it was actually, because the salmon wasn't too overpowering. No, no. And it's it actually... And there it, is such a thing as fish soup, isn't there? I know, and it might, it might work for people that, that aren't that keen on, on eating fish. But, yeah, we wanted to get things like the coconut milk in there, because, again, 
lots of she needs calories because she's lost so much weight. Yeah. And so soups were a great way. We were putting butter in some of them, some of the vegetable soups, so she could absorb all yeah. of the the, um, the vitamin A and what that you want from the green vegetables. And vitamin K is fat soluble, so that's why I was adding either olive oil or butter into her soups so that she could make sure she got those. And obviously vitamin A from the butter. Well, it's just such a great way to get the nutrients and the calories in there yeah. without aggravating the gut too much no and no exactly and it's just all she loved them she's yeah. like oh can I have some more soup liquid. if it's liquid it's easy soup. to digest uh, we actually took Sun Warrior as a protein powder um, we sort of said oh, well, you, you know yeah but you made some amazing kind of like protein loaves didn't you because yeah. you are speaking earlier about sugar and it's almost like there, there's studies that say don't they that you know like when you've got that kind of if you've got like a type of like fungal infection or maybe like a cancer growth or whatever it craves sugar yeah you know and, and and your auntie certainly had a sweet tooth, a sweet tooth and yeah. almost after any savory meal she wanted something sweet yeah which is why we because the other thing is protein needs really increased with chemotherapy and and, and fighting cancer because obviously that's what your immune system is, is based on um so we took some warrior protein powder because it's just a you know it's a rice-based protein powder so yeah. it's vegan and um and it's quite sweet, so I was using it just to sweeten things like a few uh, blended berries, and um, yeah, I, d- I made some loaves with some eggs and put some Mario in, so it was a bit like a, a slightly like a cake if she wanted something like that. We also gave her 90% dark chocolate, which she'd never tasted before and thought was wonderful. She loved just it. gave her the lint one. Um, and so what I left her saying, when you fancy something sweet, it's berries, some Mario, or some lint dark chocolate, ideally. And then the rest of the time, it's soups. Um, and, and broth and egg yolks so that you're getting just tons of vitamins and minerals down you and, and, and just we're all hoping what we asked her, of her was to delay her next chemo which they were trying to rush a little bit and well, uh, for, for a chance to recover but well, that was the thing wasn't it like you know we'd, we'd spent a good couple of days kind of like trying to help your aunt and educate her a bit more on the powers of food as medicine and then we went to the hospital and then they turned around and said... Missed it all. <laughs> that's a load of rubbish. Yeah. We want to give you another type of chemo, yeah. a lower dose, but you should have it done in the next 10 days. Or else. Or else. Yeah. Even though when they look back on the reports, you know, since her last chemo in September, there's been no sign that the growth has grown or yeah, yeah. No, anything. Absolutely. And, it, was, it was really frustrating. And we were a bit like, well, look, the good thing is here, you've got options because there's chemo available to you but then equally, you know, you've got the option of using food as medicine or potentially both. Yeah. Because ultimately the choice lies with her, of course. But we were like, well, at least give this a chance and get your weight up, get your immune system, like, f- you know, function on, you know, on a higher level. And Absolutely. be yeah. in a better position to deal with the chemo yeah. if you choose to go with it. Definitely. Um, but should we wrap it up there? Um, yeah, I think so. There's yeah. just a, a little message we wanted to sort of give people, wasn't it? But was it um no no one thing i was gonna say was Final chris, chris Wollums has a blog as well which you can go and look up lots of studies on cancer and nutrition but um yeah i hope that we can do a little bit more work on something like this in the future because it did feel like you can genuinely make a difference and and just help people very basic stuff through food that that they could be lacking and there's no one that i know that doesn't know someone who has been affected by cancer you know yeah um, Keris and I have both personally, you know, been, been, you know, like Keris's mum was diagnosed with breast cancer and, you know, thank God she beat it, you know, and she's now kind of like picture of health. Um, Keris has lost two of her friends to cancer. 
I lost my dad to cancer. I lost a, a close friend of mine to cancer at a very young age as well, which was really scary. It can kind of get anybody, but um, which is why we're, we're so passionate about it. And that said, you know, we, we decided that we wanted to kind of start a little bit of a campaign, didn't we, to, to kind of educate people and pretty much everything we've been speaking about. And, you know, you know, we, I know we've mentioned like an anti an anti-cancer lifestyle, an anti-cancer diet, but we, you shouldn't really look at it that way. You should just look at living a healthy, awesome, happy lifestyle. And you won't just prevent cancer. You'll, you'll prevent most illnesses and diseases that are out there. And yeah. the kind of campaign that we're going for is is why wait? Um, you know, why, why wait to, to treat when you can prevent? And there's so many things you can do to prevent cancer and other illnesses. So... Watch out for that. It's something we're really excited about. Um, and like I said, something we're incredibly passionate about and rightly so because it's a huge deal. Um, we'll be posting that on the Fitter Food page and in our newsletter, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And closing four. Do you remember Jerry Springer when he used to have a final four? Do you remember that? Do you right. watch Jerry Springer when he used to have a final four? No? Okay. Uh, drink green tea and eat dark chocolate. Is that allowed? Is that a final thought? Yeah, I was... basically that's what I'm going to go and do when we finish this podcast. So I thought, yeah, I'd me too. Share Although the love. I might switch the green tea for a decaf. Oh, decaf uh, coffee. Black coffee. Ugh. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> but also, a quick announcement. Good news. Um, you probably already know because I've been screaming and shouting about it. We've got a publishing deal with Penguin for the UK edition of our book. Woo! Awesome. But on the other side, that means, or the flip side even, um, we've now actually officially sold out of our the original and the best. Um, self-published self-published fit of food a lifelong recipe for health and fat loss it's gone you will not get it if you if you if you snoozed you lost (laughs) snoozed you lost that doesn't make sense if you snooze you lose um so uh but you will be able to get it in the form of the paleo primer don't get it twisted there's going to be two books out there that are called the same thing the paleo primer but there's a u.s edition there's a uk edition um, so obviously if you want UK metrics etc and measured in grams and where we say courgette and not zucchini um, then you want to go for the U- UK version so guys have an absolutely awesome day night weekend whatever you're doing um, get 